0: Dig a bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Wow, well, here we are already at the end of our month our first month of our glory study the month of september of 2019 this is the fourth dig a bit for the month of september the last one we've already had the video podcast and i hope many of you were able to watch it but there was one amazing thing that we talked about there there were lots of them because we are talking about the weight of the attributes of god how can we even approach such a subject without using the word amazing but i did want us to to revisit just for a minute in this audio podcast exodus chapter 14 which is at the end of our study, if you're downloaded the study or if you're working in the book. In number nine, we're looking at Exodus seven through 14, and we're reading about Pharaoh's heart being hardened. And we have several instances there. I'm gonna say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. At least instances of Pharaoh's heart being hardened using three different Hebrew words, kasa, kabod, and hasok. And those are synonyms, of course, because they're translated by the very same English word, hardened. But they have a little, they have some different nuances in the Hebrew, as we talked about on the podcast. And I know you'll be interested in thinking about those differences. But what I wanted us to think about just for a minute today is found in Exodus chapter 14, verses 17 and 18. And you remember the plagues, water to blood, frogs, lice, flies, of the cattle, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and the death of the firstborn sons in all of the realm of the Pharaoh, in all of Egypt, including... The Pharaoh's personal home he lost his son and um, probably heir to the throne there as we're thinking about that so every single one of those attacks that God made in a very miraculous physical way was against a God of ancient Egypt They worshipped cows. So, of course, the murrain of the cattle or the sickness of the cattle was an attack on that god. They worshipped the pharaoh. So, of course, the taking of the pharaoh's son was an attack on that god, the pharaoh. They worshipped the sun. They had a sun god. So, of course, darkness then would have been an attack on that god. Frogs were... I have seen little statues of golden frogs that uh, frogs were worshiped in the land of Egypt and so of course the plague of the frogs and we could go on we studied that one year and we had various women across the United States researching each plague and how each one of those plagues was a personal affront on an idol, and it was our God saying, I am the one with the weight, I am the one with the majesty, I am the one with the power. And of course, that's what He was displaying in all of those plagues. But when we go to chapter 14, you'll remember that's when Pharaoh had said, Finally, you can go. And that's when the Israelites had plundered the Egyptians they didn't have to go and attack the Egypt Egyptians to get their silver and gold the Egyptians took gladly gave it to them as the Pharaoh instructed they gave away their gold and their silver and the, the Israelites remember observed the Passover and they left with their kneading troughs on their backs because they were leaving in a hurry and they they went to as far as the Red Sea you will remember and then they became mightily afraid because the pharaoh as always hardened his heart and took out after them going to the Red Sea and there they were between an approaching army of Egypt And the waters of the Red Sea and they had no capability of crossing those waters they didn't have boats and they were stuck between this army that was about to defeat them and this Red Sea and you remember that's when Moses said stand still and see the salvation of the Lord now this is an amazing Time when this is really you know each time we think we've got a victory after the water to blood after the frogs after the lice and finally when he does let them go after the death of the firstborn son we think whoa we're glad that's over and then we find out that it really wasn't over because of the hardening of the kabod of the Pharaoh's heart yet again or the sok of his heart yet again and so he's coming after them they're very much afraid and god then you remember parts the red sea and they are able to cross on dry land and then the pharaoh and his chariots are destroyed in the sea as it comes crashing back down on that egyptian army and the wheels of their chariots are destroyed there in that Red Sea I want us to think about and view this chapter in the Bible chapter 14 the bottom of chapter 14 as the final victory over slavery just let that roll around in your mind just a minute the final victory over slavery occurred in the crashing down of the waters of the Red Sea the crossing the safe crossing by the israelites and then the crashing down of the red sea upon the egyptians and that was the final victory over slavery i want you to think about it before we turn to the new testament as an event that was coupled with or tandem with or immediately followed the Passover, the application of the blood on the doorposts of Israel. They had to have the blood in order to have this escape. If they had not had the blood, then their sons would have been destroyed as well, and there would have been no great escape at this time from Egypt. So they have the Passover, they have the lamb, they have the blood and then immediately they have the final deliverance that is the passage through the water keep that in your minds as you read verses 17 and 18 of exodus chapter 14. the lord said to moses in verse 15 why are you crying to me speak to the children of israel that they go forward lift up your rod stretch out your hand over the sea And divide it and the children of Israel will go down on dry ground through the middle of the sea and I behold I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will follow them and I will get me honor or glory kabod upon Pharaoh and upon all of his hosts and upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor or glory upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. So here we have the hardening, the chasach, of the hearts of the Egyptians. And they are going to follow Israel and this is where in the water god is going to get his glory his honor his weight upon the enemy upon pharaoh and he is going to deliver his people in this water i think it's very interesting too before we turn from that let's look up at verse 13 moses said to the people don't be afraid stand still and see the salvation Of the Lord for he's going to show you today the Egyptians whom you have seen today you will see them again no more forever the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace so as we think about those words this is we could say the salvation of the Lord because God said it's his his salvation it's the glory that he's getting on the enemy because God says that It is the last time that they're going to see slavery we know that because God said that and then let's turn over to 1st Corinthians chapter 10 we're going to begin at the beginning of that chapter that chapter does by the way have the word glory in it our Greek word doxa is found in 1st Corinthians 10 down at the end of it when it says um, Let's see, it's talking about the glory of the Lord. Whatever you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Is that verse, let's make sure that we have the right verse. It's toward, toward the very end, verse 31. Where Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the doxa, or glory of God. But what we're going to look about at right now is the beginning of that chapter. Beginning in verse 1 where it says... Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant of how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all of them passed through the sea and were all baptized to Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. That's a very powerful passage, right there, because it is tying us in our salvation all the way back to what happened at the end of Exodus 14. And it uses the word buried or baptizo, baptized, as we. know it today, buried, we are buried in water for the forgiveness of our sins. Acts 2, 38, Mark 16, 16, Acts twenty two sixteen. 16. We could go to Acts 8. We could go to Romans 6, 3 and 4. Galatians 3, verse 27. It is that burial in water that saves us. It is our figurative passage through the water that is our salvation i want to ask you what was their salvation back in exodus chapter 14 well god said "Stand." moses said stand still and see the salvation of the lord you don't have to fear anymore because you're going to see the final victory the salvation of the lord where is our salvation found well jesus said it in mark sixteen sixteen. he who believes and is here's the word baptized shall be saved that's where the final victory is in the water just like it was in the water in exodus chapter 14 was it doubled up with the blood in exodus chapter 14 yes it was they must have that blood applied or they would not have been passing through the water. The blood is doubled up with baptism today. Romans 6 verses 3 and 4 says, Know you not that so many of you as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. That is where we get the blood. What is it that washes away our sins? Well, obviously it is the blood of Christ. And when we look at Exodus chapter 14 we see that the blood was very integral it was necessary in order for their escape to happen it is necessary in order for our escape to happen we cannot where there is no blood the hebrews writer said there is no remission of sins so it was tandem with the blood our passage through the water is tandem with the blood it is it was the final victory over slavery our passage through the water is the final victory over the slavery of sin we see many times in the new testament our prior lives of sin referred to as us being the servants of sin and after our baptism we are told that we are no more the servants of sin no more servants at all but we are sons romans 6 verse 17 says in the same context context that it tells us that we have to contact the blood of christ in baptism the death of christ in baptism in order to be saved that same chapter says what then verse 15 shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace god forbid don't you know that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey his servants you are to whom you obey whether of sin to death or of obedience unto righteousness verse 17 but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin but you have obeyed from the heart that form of teaching which was delivered to you and you were delivered being then made free from sin you became the servants of righteousness I want you to think about that with for me just a minute you go to an Israelite standing on the brink of the Red Sea uh, shaking in his boots because he doesn't know what's going to happen and you say are you slaves? And he might say, I don't know. It looks pretty much like to me that we're about to either be dead or to, to go back and be slaves again in Egypt. But you talk to him after his passage across the red sea and after he has watched those egyptians a saying to do the same thing drown in the red sea you ask him are you servants back in egypt and he would say no we have been made free from our servanthood that's the way it is with our passage through the water we are servants of sin until we receive that final victory from slavery and then we are made free verse 18 of romans chapter 6 from sin and we become the servants of god or the servants of righteousness verse 20 for when you were the servants of sin you were free from righteousness but now verse 22 being made free from sin and becoming servants to god you have your fruit to holiness and the end is everlasting life. Do we have a final victory? Yes, we do. Is water and blood involved, just like it was with the Israelites? Absolutely, it is. That's where we contact the saving blood. That's where we put it, if you will, on the very lintels and doorposts of our hearts. The victory happens when we have our passage through the water associated with the blood of christ cleansed by the blood of christ we are washed there acts 22 verse 16 and what a great parallel we have here to the final victory over from slavery as we saw it in exodus chapter 14 and where does god get his honor where does he get his glory he gets his glory in the fact that he is delivering us from the enemy that's what he promised all the way back in genesis chapter 3 verse 15 when he said i'm gonna stomp on satan he's gonna bruise my heel but i'm gonna crush his head that's what he said in genesis 3 15 and that crushing happened at the cross where the blood was shed we apply it to our hearts when we pass through the water, and we receive that final victory from slavery, and that's where God gets his honor, his glory over on top of, as he said in Exodus chapter 14, on top of the enemy, and the enemy is crushed forever. We're free. I'm so glad that I'm free in Christ and that I have the hope of heaven. Lots of questions we have about His glory, but because of what we've studied this month, we are going to be able to sit down around His throne together one day when we will be able to obtain all of the answers. And it's because of our passage through our figurative Red Sea in the waters of baptism. I love this study. I love the fact that studying the glory of God, we are traveling toward the cross. We are traveling toward victory. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day.